Whole Home listeners, welcome back. I am joined by Samantha Taylor this week to dig into what is happening in the plot of earth the Lord has planted her in. Thank you, Sam, for coming and spending this time with me. It's a lovely time. And sharing your story and also yourself. And Sam, you are a woman who has, uh, you have a quiet strength, which is demonstrated with your mind and your will. God has gifted you with a sharp mind that can process difficult, complex, and or dense subject matters and distill and communicate them. And with all of your intellect, you have not forsaken God's call to have a husband and family and cultivate and share a fruitful home. You have a wonderful sense of humor that is very whimsical. You have a submissive heart at the core. You will humble yourself even if you still have questions about something. You display godly womanliness across the board. And even in male-dominated situations, which you sometimes find yourself in, you will stay humble and don't try to compete or contribute like a man, but operate beautifully within a feminine frame and disposition. And it is a powerful thing. And you also have a high level of loyalty that is to be committed. So Sam, I praise God for the gifts he has given you. And I praise God for you, our sister. So Sam, because I had a lull in recording podcasts, I think you heard the game that you're going to play. So unfortunately for you, I changed it up and I'm going to accentuate it. Oh no. And I'm going (laughs) to force you to play it with an accent. You're kidding. (laughs) No. Okay. So here are these, here's these little yellow tabs. Okay. Pick your accent. And if you absolutely hate it, you can choose another one. Just pick one. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely not. <laughs> What's it say? I have the worst handwriting. <laughs> what does it say? Shane's going to die. It's okay. like cowgirl slash southerner. <laughs> okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay, so all you have to do is say a word or two in that accent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the first game is complete me. My favorite kind of ice cream is... Vanilla. <laughs> One of my nicknames is... Shamlet. (laughs) (laughs) My personal style is? Grandma chic. Okay. My favorite word in another language is? Tamale. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My lazy go-to dinner is? Pizza. If I could travel to, hmm, tomorrow I would. Mm, Italy. (laughs) The season I like best is? Summer. Do you have a name for this character? (laughs) Delilah. (laughs) (laughs) I can never pronounce this word. Her face is priceless. (laughs) I really like words. I probably can't pronounce many words in this accent. (laughs) A four-letter word that starts with B is boat. My favorite kind of chocolate is dark chocolate. I could eat this dessert every day. Vanilla ice cream. (laughs) If I could sew this, I would. Linen pants. You said that was such confidence. Because I want to do it. <laughs> my favorite board game is Candyland. The way to my heart is with books. My favorite way to work out is um, Pilates. <laughs> I had another pet. It would be another what? Pet. Oh, a dog. An Australian shepherd. My my favorite kind of night out is oh just a walk in the park. If I could go backpacking somewhere, it would be oh I might do forty days on the AT. All right, Delilah, your favorite accessory a necklace. M- your favorite holiday Christmas. The school subject 
that you think should disappear is? Physical education. <laughs> and finally, Delilah, what is the favorite, your favorite corner of your home? Oh, my little studio. <laughs> well done. Thank you. <laughs> you can be Sam now. Uh, well, I'm going to be stuck. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you, you really did an excellent job. Which one did you say absolutely not to? What accent? Oh, it was French. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This game is called Time's Up. Okay. Five minutes. Sam. Ready? Uh, nope. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> what was your last meal? Ramen. What are you reading? Uh, Angels in the Architecture by Doug Wilson. What is a book or resource that influenced you? Um, I don't know if the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> that works. All right. If. Lots of book questions. If you were going to write a book, what would it be about? Um, maybe about painting and embodiment and theology. What is something you are passionate about? Culture making. If you could become an expert in something, what would it be? I'd like to be able to sight sing. <laughs> oh, nice. yes. What's the last thing you watched on TV? SpongeBob SquarePants. Do you collect anything? Art. Do you have a hero? Ryan's a hero. I can't lie. <laughs> my Ryan? Yeah, you're Ryan. Oh, my honey. Is there anything people sometimes misunderstand about you? I don't know. Probably people think I'm more serious than I am. Uh, do you find your match for socks when you do laundry? Absolutely. <laughs> what is something in your life more challenging than you expected? Oh, toddlerhood. <laughs> what is a place in scripture that encourages you? Psalm 16. Oh, me too. <laughs> uh, do you have a useless talent? Um, I can wiggle my left ear and flare my nostrils at will. You're welcome. Sometimes I focus and try. I can't do it. <laughs> um, if I ran into you at a restaurant, where would you be? Oh, probably Mama Sam's in Carytown. Two musicians on your playlist. Josh Garrels and Providence. I don't know that band. Or person? Band? Band. Yeah. Go to breakfast. Uh, eggs on toast. Pet peeve. Mm, steamrolling conversations. <laughs> <laughs> Two words that describe you. Um, studious and goofy. A fun recipe you've tried. Homemade pretzel bites. Ooh. Do you have any home edit projects? I don't know. I've been overhauling some closets lately. <laughs> like organizing? Yeah. I'm a big purger. Do you organize by color? Do you do that? Occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, the, the hanging the hanging coats are by color. Uh, top vacation this year? Uh, we went to South Carolina um, and Florida this year. I think that's our only vacation. Um, is there a lie of the enemy you tend to believe? That I just can't be nice. <laughs> what is your favorite soup to just totally... <laughs> um, maybe uh, a sausage and white bean and kale soup is my favorite. If you had 10 times your budget, what would you buy? Uh, I'd buy an old house and I'd Ooh. refinish it. Uh, what is a tradition that your household observes? We sing the kids' doxology every time they go to bed. Do you journal? Uh, sometimes. Do you listen to any podcasts? This one and Shaka Word Speak. And we just started listening to um, Haunted Cosmos. Oh, my. Yeah. What is the last skill you learned? <laughs> um... I don't know, maybe fermenting some foods. Ooh. Uh, recent problem you solved. Oh, man. <laughs> Ransom puked all over oh, <laughs> outside buddy. of his crib and has a 
Oh my gosh. Keep the other child from crawling in the puke. That's a problem. <laughs> All right. What was your AOL screen name if you had one? Um, I didn't have an AOL screen name. My first email address is careful me. Okay. Because it's just a thing that I said as a kid and mom made that account for me when I was eight. And she just <laughs> thought I would rem- remember it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, dang. Okay. <laughs> you basically got through them all. Good. You did. You you talked fast. All right. I'm just going to push them. Let's get into your garden. And the first question, of course, is what is your neighborhood and how long have you been there? We have had our little apartment in Bird Park for almost three years now. So give everyone, because it's such a sweet spot, I feel like that doesn't describe it well enough. Like, you can just walk to Maymont, right? So we're a, we're a third floor walk-up apartment in this 100-year-old building. Um, so we have no yard, nothing of ours to speak of, but uh, the building is right across from, from Bird Park. And walk we walk that all the time and mm-hmm. walk over to Maymont. It's very very sweet. Did you have you found any like fun spots that people don't seem to like know about? Um, I've I've found hidden playgrounds that are you know tucked in by Dogwood Dell. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a there's a free swing that someone put up in a median somewhere. Ransom likes to go pretty much every time. Yeah, we, we take a walk. Yeah. Okay. Who's in your household? My husband Shane, my two and a half year old Ransom, and uh, almost one year old Luther. All right, and you have to answer again. How long have you been coming to Remnant, and who invited you? Oh, seven or eight years. I don't remember, but um, Ryan invited Hannah and I when we were in his drawing class as freshmen. Was it in, like, uh, the hallway? Because, of course, he was going to not announce it class. I know. <laughs> I think um, he kind of lingered after class to comment on Hannah's T-shirt because she was wearing, like, a t-shirt from the creation museum mm-hmm. and he was kind of like sleuthing to figure out if she's a christian but i was trying to figure out if he was a christian yeah <laughs> so i like snooped and hung around that conversation and then jumped in mm-hmm. when he was inviting inviting her to church <laughs> had you tried any other churches Have you i tried one before mm-hmm. that yeah did you come one time and continue to come to that church to remnant oh to remnant mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay that was that was it i was like oh no yeah this this will be home awesome and okay so let's go back to that list that you made or how do you want to say it not a list but my taxonomy (laughs) (laughs) i like that yeah let's remind everyone what um these words are so sam's notes like i said before she submitted them in a very unique way but i do have to say that every lady i told ryan it's just amazing to me submits their notes in a unique way it's a beautiful thumbprint um, of each woman. So Sam's, though, are in a taxonomy. So she's got these categories that I think will flow through for her podcast in particular and kind of go through one flower at a time and just see what the Lord brings up. So you have a beautiful saying at the top of your drawing. Would you read it? Um, I was imagining this this bouquet, these uh, four plants, um, as the Lord preparing a bouquet for the end of days to adorn the table of the wedding feast. And did that come to you after you made them? Yeah, as I was, yeah, imagining, um, like what, what, what is this? What is this for? What are these beautiful things? It's like, oh, well, we'll, we'll know what all of our, our good works are for, or God's work, good works in us are when it becomes a part of the celebration at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that I love about the flowers that you drew. 
I mean, even though I'm obviously talking about gardens on all the podcasts, just the visual of the bloom and the flower just reminds me, it's just not like arbitrary growth. It's like delightful beauty (laughs) is the goal. Mm -hmm. And then you brought in that word adorning the table for the feast in. It's just a lovely picture. Okay, so which category would you like to jump in? I feel like we're playing a game show. (laughs) (laughs) Femininity for 600. (laughs) Okay, that one? Oh, sure. I don't know. That's fine. Okay. So the marriage femininity category, and that's the word I can't say. Can you say it? Femininity. It's hard. Yes, it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, how planning for that? Planning for that. Mm -hmm. So that's the the front edge precipice of where I'm hoping to see things headed. I uh, know that I have room to grow into a better encourager. I probably mentioned that I don't think of myself as kind Mm -hmm. (laughs) or soft or nurturing. But that's, of course, like the shape of a woman, especially the shape of a helper. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Yeah, so in the future, being someone who's better poised to offer words of encouragement to my husband, whereas most of the time, the best that I can come up with is perceptive criticism, yeah. which isn't, it's, it's just a little bit shy of helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So do you think of yourself as like a strong truth teller? I don't know. Yes. When you're talking about perceptive criticism, Yes. Or do you even realize, like, maybe even that was emotion? I don't know. I don't know. I, I Like, I'm more emotional than I think I am mm-hmm. most of the time. And that's drawn up in it. My emotions often disguise under a, a deep love of truth. But what it mostly just means is a deep love of me being right. Mm-hmm. And I just happen to have the problem of being able to verbally justify myself very well. So it becomes hard to untangle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how... How do you dream or desire this? Like, what does that look like? Um, do you picture, I guess, yourself and Shane? Do you see it so much as like a unifying thing? Or do you dream of just like your character, I guess? I'm just trying to think of how you think. Well, it just just coming to my mind mm-hmm. now, not that I think about this regularly, but how like the woman is the, the glory and the crown of her husband. Mm-hmm. Or in Proverbs 31, how he trusts in her all the days of her life. I think we've talked about that in the podcast before. Mm -hmm. Um, But looking forward to a day in the future when I can look back and be like, yes, I've supported him well. Mm -hmm. Even though so many of my fleshly tendencies are just ready to tear things down instead. Yeah, I can definitely identify with that. And to the point, the reason why I even asked you about the emotional (laughs) perceptive criticism is sometimes I actually aren't critical. I'm not critical of my criticism. (laughs) You know, I don't know if you ever find yourself. It sort of just like can come out of me. I don't know. And then, yeah, I just think of it as a given or as a truth. Something that really helped me was studying the book of James. And then it started to challenge my double-mindedness mm. and something that I didn't notice as well. It wasn't as um, pronounced to me. And even just like my very thoughts that I'm thinking maybe aren't accurate and all of that. So I don't know if that's something that you think about. I, I think about it in an oblique way, probably the double-mindedness bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been thinking about my desire to be more of a simple person, mm-hmm. um, especially over and against uh, so-called high-mindedness and thinking things deeply like yeah but i'm double-minded i'm Mm -hmm. with this very truth that i supposedly love i mostly use it to tear people down not 
usually verbally. I mm-hmm. mean, even with my husband, I'm slow to bring up my criticisms. Mm-hmm. It's only because I have a stank face on and he knows what that means that he brings it out of me and I have to yeah. admit it. <laughs> so <laughs> I at least know that it's bad. But yeah. um, and but that's the same thing with um, other women. Mm-hmm. I'm really quick to build just divisive walls in my head of what I know is wrong about this or that that they say or do. Um, mm-hmm. But I would like to be a simple person like uh and that's kind of what i'm understanding in the notion of like integrity and uprightness Mm -hmm. especially in proverbs that is integrity is of a single mind yeah Uh, and i don't want to have all that guile and all that complexity and all that chatter in my head but instead just be outward focused in a way that i haven't been historically can you tease out that word a little bit more integrity Mm mm-hmm Um, well, it's like integrity towards the love of God should make other things simple. Like it should make our interactions with other people more simple and less jumping over the confusion that comes from our sinfulness. So I'd love to be able to take, take people more at face value, be more quick to encourage instead of overthinking it or overthinking the things that are wrong. Yeah. Um, and just be s- simple and obedient right away to to what I can say and I should say. Like if there is criticism or an encouragement or a text or a confession or any number of th- a touch, even like a physical touch, I should just do that mm-hmm. like in love quickly instead of withholding love and holding back up into my brain yeah. and having imaginary conversations with myself all day long. That's what I do. I love what you just said. So you're thinking more about the positive commands of God, I guess. Could I put it like that? Maybe. <laughs> so when he commands you to do something, you're saying do it right away. So like the positive command would be like to do the thing. Yeah. I mean, that's I get, that's the other part of being simple. Like that's the child likeness, mm-hmm. which I've always resisted. Like when I was a child, I did not want to be a child. Mm-hmm. When I was a child, I didn't want to be around other children. So I didn't have any friends. <laughs> I wanted other adults to commend my maturity mm-hmm. and my sophistication. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think now it's being undone in a lot of respects and just trying to be joyful and obedient like a little yeah. child. <laughs> that's so cool that you said that's Shane's strength. Yes. And it wasn't like you said, okay, must find man who is joyful. <laughs> it's like the Lord has perfectly fitted you. What a lovely surprise. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So where do we see this marriage and femininity popping up next in your diagram <laughs> or spreadsheet? Oh, the the pruning bit, which I think we were bleeding into just on account of the kind of differences we have. Mm-hmm. Um, uh with our strengths and our struggles, it's easy for me to to be critical and feel very righteous about it, especially when it comes down to a matter of competence in a way that I was equipped that he wasn't equipped, um, or especially knowledge. But, but yeah, like to that to the point of being childlikeness, being childlike, uh, and also a good helper. Mm-hmm. Um, humility is the thing that makes all of those issues actually be resolved, and it's never me taking the reins. Um, that that actually does resolve the issue. Um, yeah. Yeah. Something I was thinking about as I was looking at what you shared with me was how you were talking about how internal you are classically or normatively and how Shane just does not seem that way. And he's, he's just... the most out person yeah. ever. <laughs> he thinks everything <laughs> through his mouth. <laughs> yeah. So he's yeah. like just very external, breaking in, sort of drawing you out. And so have have you chosen to sort of like 
I don't know, fold back in? Would that be your temptation? Or is like the training like trusting him as he's drawing that's, you out? That's it, right? Yeah. Like that's what that vision of going forward mm-hmm. is really just me honestly obeying him because it's what he calls me to all the time. Like mm-hmm. he calls me to in Christ. And finally reciprocating what he does for me so well he is so encouraging he Mm -hmm. is so on the face of it he is like direct and really really honest um and (laughs) so he he recognizes this very much that when when i'm struggling especially even when i'm struggling in a way that's angry against him um, his actual superpower is never taking it personally and always redirecting it like to the Lord just immediately. Wow. Diffusing the situation um, and leading us both into worship. And we are both aware that if the situations reverse and he's going through something and it's my job to help him out and bring him back to Jesus, mm-hmm. it's it's sometimes a little bumpier. There's sometimes my emotions get in the way first and we're dealing with both of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it still gets there, but it would be very nice if I could just, you know, reciprocate in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So what is this back and forth that you're being trained in from like being, I'll just say it like this, like an accuser versus helper? Hmm. So say that again. Okay. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but you were talking about femininity okay and so now i'm thinking of this that word helper that you also said contrasted with obviously what christ is not right calling you to be which is critical accuser or a usurper okay yeah that is you know trying to just, just making it easier by doing it for him mm-hmm. like i can't i can't do this job mm-hmm. it doesn't work so the training away from that what does it look like close your mouth like what how does or like you, we were talking about the more positive commands of God. Are you starting to like intentionally think of kind things to say? Like, what does this training process look like? I guess. Mm. How are you it's being honestly, taught? <laughs> it, it makes me go to Jesus faster, which is the whole point. Like in so in the, the all the problems that I have with um, being open and quick to to reach out and relate well to, to, to people around me. Like that goes to, to Jesus as well. I'm, I'm slow to reach out in the moment. I'm quicker to clam up mm-hmm. and then, you know, address Jesus on appointment when I have an hour to really sort things out. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but I need to go to Jesus quicker so that I have him to encourage Shane with. I think one of the biggest examples and sharpening moments of this for us was when he was uh training and uh trying to study for certification to get his job um which he needed to get there were no other options and we were about to have a baby and i was going to stay home like and i was before that making more money so like our our family needed this but he'd never had a full-time job before period let alone a job in insurance (laughs) and so he had so much to learn um to get his license and uh, he failed three times trying to get the license on his own. Um, and that was just a season of, of course, incredible testing on his part to like be faithful and persevere and also do these, the studying thing that is so difficult for him. But the ironic thing is, this is easy for me. Like mm-hmm. I could have just done it. Mm-hmm. Or I could have been, uh, I'll say this, every time he came home and he failed, 
I knew that I couldn't remind him of why it mattered that he do better. I could not tell him to do better because that's what the enemy was already telling him and he was being crushed by that. So it was just so clear to me in those moments that no, I need to remind him of like what Christ can produce in him. Mm -hmm. Um, I need to be utterly patient and close my mouth and not say anything to try to motivate him out of fear, Um, but instead in security that like this is fine and I will help you, which is ultimately how he ended up passing. The time that he did pass is when he employed me to be a support and to lend my strength without taking over his job. (laughs) So I would like read all the material really quickly, Mm -hmm. um, summarize it and tell him this is what you need to know. And I would quiz him on it. (laughs) And then he was able to to learn. Yeah. Um, Thank you for sharing that. That's, um, I bet it taught you moving forward um, how it is that you guys like walk in unity together. Right. Partners. Not, I don't even want to say partnership because I don't want that to be misunderstood, but as one, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. I guess I want to ask you this. You guys have differences. And I think that the more that I guess we're walking in our maleness and femaleness, we should all be able to acknowledge this. So what have you learned? Like not thinking about your differences, but what have you learned in this marriage category? What are you called to be united in? I guess, how does that, because we've talked about your differences mm. in the podcast, but I haven't asked you about unitedness with your husband. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're united on a lot of things. Like we don't fight <laughs> hardly as much as people say that we, I don't know, or would expect it to be, be, be expected to to disagree. We, we are tremendously united. Um, even though we come at, uh, we come at things from very different angles. Um, we're, we're motivated by the same loves and the same mission. And so we walk hand in hand in a lot of those things. And we, and we also laugh together (laughs) constantly. We enjoy each other mightily. We enjoy each other very much, but we also enjoy, we enjoy serving the church very much. We love our friends very, very much. And, uh, love love Christ very much and I think we help each other to do that well like I would be crippled <laughs> when it comes to loving the church with all of the the, the the amount of effort it takes me to connect at a basic level mm-hmm. um, but he is overabundant in that category mm-hmm. which and just opens the door for me to have so many meaningful relationships um, that I don't have to work for it's a beautiful gift mm-hmm. and then likewise he just has this breadth of contact and excitement for the gospel but I can but I can take that and point out how deep it goes yeah and how significant this or that thing is um and uh yeah it's it's, it's joyful to walk out well that moves directly into the harvest in this category do you want to share a little bit more about that yeah yeah um I could not say that uh, I'm ever not thankful for our marriage or um, regretting in any way the difficulties that that accompany having said yes when when my previous self like five years ago would have been so surprised um, at where I am now like um, it's just so obviously uh, Christ-centered and not what I would have chosen, that I can't argue with it. (laughs) And like I said, we do enjoy each other very, very, very much. Um, The huge, a huge light of grace um, towards us in our house. Well, you've put something in your notes that is just cool. Like you talked about how he's a kind shepherd. Mm. 
to you and what does that look like in your household i think that's a harvest that should be that we should give god praise for right yeah and that's i think how we've hinted at that he's so attentive attentive to my state spiritually um, where if he detects that i'm off or i'm inward or shut down he knows what that means and he'll chase it and never let the sun go down uh on our anger whether that's our anger towards each other or my anger towards something or someone else and he always chases that down and does so not from a position of selfishness or defensiveness or anger on his part from a but from yeah a desire to see me reminded that i am in fact free i do not have to continue and persist in whatever shackles of emotional bondage that i'm in and he constantly has that refrain yeah yeah so i'm never walking in the same bitterness for multiple days in a row what a gift yeah yeah and if this is not something that someone has in their husband then it's something to pray for because like we said god is not going to withhold himself he wants these things for if we have a husband he or pray for your future husband you know to be that that godly shepherd Mm. so where do you want to go next friendship children art making maybe maybe friendship okay it's adjacent to another relation category all right so back up to planning yeah um Yes, that's a that's similar thing that we talked about with integrity, the desire to be kind um, and genuine and to obey the Holy Spirit nudges to connect and encourage other women where naturally it just wouldn't occur to me <laughs> usually to reach out. Why did the light bulb go off again? Well, I was getting hints of it with, with <laughs> Hannah and like in your group and there, there were uh, certainly seeds, um, but uh, being with Shane... Uh, exponentially provided more opportunities because he's such a relational funnel for our relationship and uh, also an encourager so if i'm struggling with somebody not only does he you know help point me to jesus in it he gives me homework and says listen next time you're worried about this you need to call this this woman this woman and this woman and ask them about it Mm. or go text this woman you should or yeah like he's he's reminding me all the time yeah um of the riches that there are like he's just he's so aware of the riches of encouragement of yeah. both encouraging a, br- a brother and, and receiving did you used to think that you were any of those things and were brought to a point where you were aware i guess it's back to that internal thought life of like reflecting on yourself did you kind of just assume yourself like i'm a good person i'm a nice person or- um i think my strategy was <laughs> Um, to glamorize the fact that I'm not, Mm. right? Um, To to be defensive about how it's not necessary. Mm. And that goes into other categories too, like the children category. Uh, Which is the overwhelming feeling when I would ever be confronted with how much I don't know or don't care (laughs) about um, mothering I would just create so much anger, so much anger. Like anytime I'd have to go and shop for shop for a, a baby shower gift for some other woman in the church, uh, I would go into it and I like would leave the store crying all the time just oh, with this furies like, ah, all of this cute stuff that everyone's supposed to be excited about and I'm not excited. And the piece, the, the being justified was like, and I don't want to be, I don't want to submit to this. Mm. Um, so... 
being a submissive, becoming a submissive person then. <laughs> um, whether that's in marriage or in submitting to like the Lord's commands to love other women. I feel like that's only unlocked by just beginning over and over and over again uh, to see the, the fruit of the promise. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, now I know that I'm wrong. I just know it, you know, because I've, I've tasted and seen how good he is when I deny, deny those things and actually submit. Yeah. So why did you put this in the desire dream category and not in a different one? I don't know. Maybe you should have been in another one. <laughs> I was just That's trying right. to, yeah. It's like if, if, if there's if there's a vision in any of those things, it's uh, it's what I'm. I know I'm leaning into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I say this a lot on the podcast, like how important I personally believe desires are. Like it's kind of I don't want to say it's everything, but it certainly gets you walking right. <laughs> or leaning, like you said, and. Um, it's just so important to, if you, and if you don't have it to pray, pray for it. Yeah. And I, I guess it's something to desire because I've seen it in other women, like, like you, especially even that very first time we met, um, it considered your superpower that when you look and talk to somebody, they feel important. Mm. And I didn't, it's like, that's not me. <laughs> um, I don't care that much, or it's very hard for me to express it, even if I do. Mm. But instead of being angry and defensive about, I, I'm not that, and I don't want to want to be that. Just mm-hmm. submitting to the desire and feeling free to submit to the desire um, to change because it actually is in the riches, in the riches of our glorious inheritance to receive it, yeah. which means I'm free to mm-hmm. do better <laughs> yeah. without fighting. Yeah. I can't remember if I said this on the podcast before or not, but I'm just going to say it in case I didn't is that word desire to me i think about this song that michael clapp sings and i think he sings it downtown because that's where he sings and i don't know the name of it but it's it's like awaken my heart lord Mm, have you heard that Mm -hmm. to know your grace it's so beautiful and that's the desire i feel like it's like the you like i don't know you can think of it in all sorts of ways like a match being lit or a candle coming on just a light coming on just like this heat this desire um this life and that's why I love the planning category so much because it's like when the heat's turned on it's like a warmth it is an intimate thing it's like a passion it's probably something that you're going to step towards like I said Mm -hmm. and I don't know where I was going with that but anyways back to your kindness the genuous your longing the longing thing I don't know I think maybe I'm a little bit romantic like you or idealistic and it's like that longing thing like that pulling thing I love stuff like that, <laughs> like that ocean that you were talking about beforehand, the draw to be drawn towards something. And then you talked about obeying the Holy Spirit nudges. So I don't think God's ne- is going to like push you off a cliff per se, but he's going to like woo you mm-hmm. towards himself. And he's like wooing Sam to like in an invitational way to be like him. Right. And you're talking about, yeah, that genuine nature and as you're like being pulled towards this, he's going to do it in you. I don't know. So I guess my prayers keep pulling me, God, keep pulling Sam mm-hmm. <laughs> by your cords of love. You know, I think that's in the Bible somewhere, but that's how it's done. And I just, I guess what I'm thinking about is maybe that just wasn't even like a category in your younger years, like cords of love. 
pulling, drawing. Um, it was like almost like you had to make this movement from behind rather than like someone drawing you from before. Yeah. You. And you're like, I got to light my butt or something and like <laughs> make the fire in the back and like get any yeah. moment. I get, I, I did, I did. I overestimated my agency at every point. And yeah. that's a funny feature about desire mm-hmm. is that it's the thing that ignites your agency, but it's not your agency. Like mm-hmm. you don't control your desires directly. Like they have to be attached to an outside desirable thing, mm-hmm. um, which is wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the way that the heart of you is not you at the heart. Yeah, what you just said. (laughs) (laughs) All right, where do we see friendship showing up again? Um, Well, there's the stepping to the continuous opportunities to walk with old friends, to do life with them, and to continue to exercise that that vulnerability, that responsiveness, that genuine care, um, and then constantly trying to make new ones and not assume yeah. that I'm filled up and the bandwidth is over. Um, yeah. If it were up to me, Shane would be my only friend. <laughs> <laughs> Just like it was when I was a kid. I only had one friend. Yeah. Right. That, 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 fills, that fills me up, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. But uh but we're really serious about trying to say hello to some new person every time, uh, every, every week at service. Is this the training pruning section? Where are you? Where are you following? Yeah, this? I'm going into pruning. Okay. Um, the, the 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 item that I listed there specifically was more opportunities for that exercise abounded um, when we switched community groups less than a year ago um, and moved from a group that we led, which. It's all about you being in control, right? Like we led it and it was with some of our uh, very closest friends. Mm. So that was a very like comfortable space for me relationally. I could, I could be open. I I could feel, feel intimate with these people. But um, then we moved to uh, a new group, a much bigger group, which if there's too many people in a room, period, I feel like I can't say or do anything. Yeah. Um, which and too many people would be three people, <laughs> <laughs> more or less, more than more than like I'm teasing five. <laughs> um, and uh, people who are very, very different, mm-hmm. different from me. And the fact is that that's a blessing. Mm-hmm. That's a blessing and an opportunity. But my selfishness does not want to see it that way. So, so praise God, like sneak peek harvest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very obvious that that move has been incredibly fruitful and wonderful. Can I just, well, is it okay to say that at first you were like, eh? Oh, I was pretty mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty mad. I mean, I I was excited in one sense, number mm-hmm. one, because Shane was excited about it. Yeah. And he was so convicted. Like, he didn't have any conflicts at all about uh, supporting Joe and Kristen because we were going to plant out with them. Mm-hmm. Right. And he loves, he loves them. And was so excited uh, to contribute and so I can jump on board with that but it was hard to yeah to open myself up to forge new relationships again to feel less equipped to contribute because it's so hard for me at the start mm-hmm. of meeting people and it's you know not in my home again not in my neighborhood I was like oh what's my what's my buy-in in this neighborhood over here but yeah. yeah, were you tempted towards any sort of emotions, and then God kind of trained those out? Like, what was that process like? 
Uh, I think I'd always be excited for group mm-hmm. and I would forget that once I'm there, <laughs> that's when the attack starts. Yeah. But once I'm there, then I'm like, oh, my children are running around. I'm trying to feed them and feed me and talk to like 12 people. That yeah. I have to work really hard to think of what to say. Yeah. Um, and then I would go away from the group and be like, well, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Like nothing happened significantly. Like what's mm-hmm. going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, working hard to, not working hard, I'll say, um, just learning instead to uh, pray up to be able to receive well um, in advance of group, like just praying for myself to get out of the way and that I can see people mm. and see what Christ is doing, like mm. even in extremely small interactions and ex- in very seemingly trivial interactions which build up over time. Yeah. So I'm also the person who doesn't think anything's happening unless I have like a very deep intimate conversation okay. which just isn't the thing that pops off um usually over community no. group dinner <laughs> so it's easy for me to think that nothing important's happening and just yeah. be angry about that but yeah but no that's not how actual so relationships how, happen <laughs> how have you been sanctified this week this week <laughs> no um, i'm that's not my question to you that's yeah. my community group deep question that's <laughs> no <funny. laughs> yeah. over noodles that's i don't know it's a good one <laughs> Yeah, but that's part of it. Like being more open means just trying to ask better questions, mm-hmm. um, not just trying to tread water <laughs> yeah. in a space. So when did you get the idea to pray ahead of community group? I don't know if I think to do that. That's interesting. Um, actually, it came when uh, Shane and I started uh, fasting before community group Okay, um, because one of our other community group members was doing it and invited us to, to join them. And I was like, wow. I think this was the beginning of this year, and it was massively fruitful for reorienting my attitude. Number one, giving space and a reminder to pray more. I don't, um, I'm, I know I should, I'm not the quickest at praying without ceasing. Like, yeah. I, I'm weak in that area, but being hungry reminds you of that and being like, this is a set apart day where I'm going to pray. And having a discomfort that you choose. Okay, yeah. Means that I'm less grumpy <laughs> about the fact of discomfort. It's like I know I'm going to be uncomfortable um, in a crowded room, but that's a given, and I'm choosing it in obedience because Jesus is there and his work is there. Mm. Um, and I'm not asking a lot for myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, did you see that as suffering? <laughs> um,. Maybe not, no, probably not suffering. So then, like, in hindsight, maybe not such a big deal. I don't know. It's just interesting. Like, uh, I just am not that tough, I guess I have to say it from my perspective. Because, you know, even something about, like, community group and the struggles that one might face there. And, like, I would probably feel something like that really deeply, like you did. Like, this is so hard. But then I just asked you, were you, like, suffering? So that's, like, taking it to, like, a more strong emotions you're like no i was just uncomfortable no not no i wouldn't say that laura actually it's, no it's um, more so it is harder it's it's harder but not suffering suffering to me is like oh i'm passively enduring something it's like no when, when i'm in that place um yeah. i know it's because i'm sinning like i know it's because um i'm being faithless and also hateful but be, because of the fact that i'm 
just not interested in loving people. Yeah. I know I'm being hateful. And so um, my posture is not that, oh, I'm suffering in these situations. My posture mm-hmm. is more likely to close off even more because I know I'm the problem yeah. <laughs> and I'm a problem. And you know, it can trigger, you know, going back into those old feelings of defensiveness, like, ugh, well, it shouldn't be a problem because it's just the way it is. And mm-hmm. this whole thing is bunk. Like, why can't we have deep conversations? Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this is how do I ask this? Because I feel like what you're sharing is so helpful, Um, helpful in the sense of like peeling back the reality of sometimes, at least for me, I don't really face head on. Like you said, you're you someone invited you to face like head on ahead of time certain things. And rather than just going in and just feeling whatever it is that happens to pop off that you feel or whatever, like, actually, no, I can be serious about life in Christ and, yeah, do what God says. Like, what does God say about this situation? Instead of, I don't, I hate to use the word victim, Mm. but instead, like, I'm guessing there's a point where you started to change the way that you felt in community group. And then you started maybe to see it more as what I think I remember you saying, you said blessing or something. Right. Now it's a blessing to you. Yeah. Like it's been long enough now that, Yeah. oh, I actually like do love <laughs> like these women. That's um, such a flip flop because you could have just abandoned ship at the beginning. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Theoretically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just like, I guess I'm constantly amazed at how uh, riding out the storm with Jesus like he takes you to that. He takes the other side. I don't mm. know. I just think it's such a difficult thing for women, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. And, you know, in our church, we'll do change community groups a lot. And it's a struggle. And we want to be close. Sometimes we want it just on our terms. And we yeah. don't trust God for what he, that he sees the whole picture, mm. I guess. Yeah, I think one of the big hindrances that will trip us up sometimes um, is expectations on friendship um that aren't that aren't biblical um mm-hmm. so i know like for me it talked about how we were so i was so close with my my best friend at whatever time mm-hmm. and uh there was sweetness and there was blessing there but that also had to be redeemed like the way that i was relating to women in that extremely close exclusive way mm-hmm. um i don't think that's what we're designed for um, mm-hmm. or what we should expect from one another and in fact probably had more to do with how i was trying to like make a, a husband-like companion out of what other, whatever woman that I was around. Mm-hmm. And uh, so like, I, I'm at a point now where between my, my temperament, our mission as a family, and the station that I'm in in life, like being at home with the kids or whatever, it pretty much all doesn't, it, it, it definitely doesn't mean that I'm uh, spending hours and hours and hours spilling my guts with like, a few specific women um, mm-hmm. that I have contact with every day. It's just a lot more dispersed. The, mm-hmm. the the contact, the conversations, especially the meaningful things that manage to be shouted o- over, like uh, running children. Um, yeah. It's it's just <laughs> tiny little tiny little string beads along a thread. Mm-hmm. That's still a beautiful necklace. That still actually is friendship and community operating, and and it is very healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so interesting when you talk about expectations because every now and then I like try to imagine living in a different time period or 
a different location. Like, for example, what would friendship be like between women? You know, you're talking about expectations um, in a different culture or a different time period or place. And I'm like, it's so funny how I don't know what my, if my expectations, it would just be kind of silly in another time period. I don't Mm. know. Or something like that. It's just. Yeah. All to say. Yeah. I'm not best friends with everyone. Yeah. But that's better, actually. Mm -hmm. Like. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I like to think that we still have, like we talked about, the longevity, even if you're changing community groups with people. Right. Now I can say I've known you, even though I didn't remember the year that I met you, I've known you for a really long time. Right. And could say truthfully the things that I said about you, but I, how could I possibly say that at the beginning of our, of knowing you, you know? Yeah. And all of those things. Um, Anyhow, so there's just one more point that I would love to hear you talk about in this section. You said you have like this inner monologue sometimes about friendship. And my question was, you talked about how it could be divisive. Well, how can something inside you be divisive? Oh, because it prevents obedience. Okay. It completely, yeah, and and nullifies my desires for for other people. Um, And to be clear, like the inner monologue isn't about friendship. The inner monologue is about other things that I care about, like... I don't know, biblical femininity or aesthetics or uh, Bible knowledge, like all things that are like good and important that I'm heavily convicted about. Mm-hmm. But then um, uh, if the hindrance between me and another woman is how I don't see them lining up with this or that thing, okay. I get massively internal about it. And that is what becomes a hindrance is I just like nurture this whatever aching bone of difference uh, that I'm not generally confrontational, so I'm probably not going to bring up, but that will be the thing that I think of when I think of that person Mm -hmm. um, instead of a desire to reach out and overlook that thing or work through that thing. Yeah. Yeah. So when it's inside you, it's not protected. (laughs) It's like, can't just stay there. You're saying it. You know, I know what your answer is, but I just think it's so helpful to ask it. Because sometimes I think you, I could, per se, again, put myself in the seat, trick myself. Well, it's inside me. It's just my thought. No one sees it. It's just this little thing that I've got. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this thing that I've got mostly doesn't mean that I'm going out yelling at people. But yep. it does mean that I'm not walking in obedience to Christ. Mm-hmm. Like, I am not extending care. I just yeah. won't. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan sometimes tries to help me make the contrast of like Laura he's like I send so much externally like usually and but you send so much internally you know and and because and you think it's hidden yes or, you know private to you and I didn't like that when he first started saying it and I didn't fully understand it but as the years go by and he continues to say it <laughs> I understand it a lot more and it's not protected it's not there's no such thing as a safe sin you know right. or Oh, anyway, but yeah, so that's good that you recognize that (laughs) and are repenting of it and confessing it and get it out of me, Lord. So, and then now you've got that harvest that you're talking about. Very cool. All right. So let's keep moving. I want to end with the children one. So let's go to, (laughs) good. (laughs) Let's go with your identity. Yeah. Art making. Yeah. So this one's a lot more practical because this is literally what I do with my time and with my hands. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So the goals are more concrete. Um, Can I ask you one question real yes. quick? Just clarifying. So how do you define art making? Define art making? How do you, is, it, is it only painting pictures? Absolutely not. Not in the not in the broad sense. It's a that's a very slippery spectrum with all of culture building mm-hmm. generally. For uh, clarity's purpose, when I'm talking about my art making, that refers to painting. Refers to to, to fine art. Um, um, and then there's adjacent activities that that walk hand in hand with that. So writing and reading and. Uh, curating with Chicago art space mm-hmm. that's all a web but the physical making practice doesn't go away mm-hmm. yeah. okay proceed okay <laughs> proceed so yeah with that whole web just the the part of the part of me that does art stewarding those gifts forward entails being ready and available for whatever is going to pop off with Shaco uh, Art Space and the Maker Institute, um, and how I can fit in and be an assist uh, faithfully. Shane and I are both a hundred percent just here for whatever that entails. So that's kind of more broad, but more specific. And right now, applicable to me is this this year specifically has mm-hmm. been the most productive um, uh, in the studio since I've been at school, and part of that is because. I want to be able to finally create another body of work um, that I can begin to show next year. Uh, so finally being able to spread those gifts a little bit more and mm. coalesce a lot of the ideas that I've been marinating in. Yeah. Um, and you know, bearing these physical fruits of also the, the like the spiritual work of, well, now what do I make now that I'm not a slave to this practice anymore? Like mm-hmm. this is not um, coming out of a slavery to me need, needing to validate myself, but this is actually just a joyful thing that rises up out of uh, everything that I notice and love um, around me. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, um, is that exciting to you? It is. Yeah. It's still work. Yeah. Right. Like (laughs) whether it's a painting or writing, um, it's still just hard (laughs) and I still have to work myself up and schedule the time and make Mm -hmm. it happen. But Mm -hmm. um, it's very nice to do when it's not, fraught with angst right (laughs) yeah yeah okay so yeah is this a little bit different than I guess your earlier dreams because you said you're not enslaved to it anymore so in is it in a way sort of like a new a new thing for you or do you just see it as an extension I see it as redeemed okay so like so the gifts are I still have the gifts I still have the training that um I've spent so long working towards but um, the vision for what it means to do that, mm-hmm. well, that's so much broader. Mm-hmm. Like to your point too about how broad art making is. It's like now I see painting as of one piece with cooking dinner and raising children yeah. and um, adorning houses and setting a table for hospitality. Like that's all one breath, one conversation. Mm-hmm. So maybe what the way you're pursuing it before was it was just out of place. It was in the wrong I don't know. This is really bad. It was hanging in the wrong closet. I don't know. But now it's like taking the thing and putting it in its proper Yeah. Well, that's what they, what they train you to in art school and why I was saying that I was progressively becoming detached from art school. It's like, well, because I wasn't concerned about my practice, mm-hmm. big air quotes, anymore. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't the point. I wasn't going to do my next step yeah. because it would make... Uh, my work more visible like that's just not the point Mm -hmm. instead it's I'm going to follow Jesus and be faithful in my life and that is the thing that will show me what I need to be doing like what 
from down to the very details of what painting I need to be doing next, but also more broadly, like uh, where I show, how much time goes into it. It's going to be not a distraction from everything else, not a, com- a different compartment, but of one piece with serving the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you have, did you have a moment where you paused from all that to reorder your life? Maybe. I would say so. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I was not being very productive after um, I did that show right out of school. Mm-hmm. And part of that was probably being a little bit lazy and uninspired. But uh, other other parts of it, too, is just figuring out how to be married. Mm-hmm. And then I had a kid and then had uh, launched a community group mm-hmm. and then had another kid and launched another community group. Yeah. <laughs> right. So um, but. Now I'm all of a sudden very inspired and driven to to do it more. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate just the fact of seeing examples and people because I guess sometimes if if you want to put it in this language, like someone might say, Sam's not exercising her gifts or something. What a waste. Right. Or something like that. And you're not saying that at all. <laughs> and it's not a bad thing to, to lay something down before the Lord and trust him with it. And so, yeah, you're talking about so you put this art making and you attached it to identity, but are you making the point that you're unattaching it? Yes. Or, okay. Yes. So yes. now it's not, I'll say I'm an artist just to designate that it is something that I do, mm-hmm. but it is not who I am. Mm-hmm. Whereas before that was my thing, my thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all I had, that's yeah. all I had to offer and trying to build that up to overcome the fact that I wasn't really good at anything else, like liking people. Like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Yeah. And that freedom creates the space for joy and I think for it to be a gift, right? Right. Right. All right. So so how are you watering this? Very, very practically. I think Carissa mentioned it. Shane and I are trying to have regular studio time, usually twice a week, just mm-hmm. get in the back for like an hour or two, which is enough to push the ball along. Mm-hmm. Um, hour to a week? Um, an hour or two per session, two okay. sessions p- per week. Okay, that's cool. Ideally. That's practical. Yeah, it is. It's just enough. Mm-hmm. Do you, what do you do? Do you set a buzzer? <laughs> like, how do you know? Or no, we just put art? the kids to bed and then work until we need to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's cool. We usually listen to a podcast and get to talk about it afterwards. It's a very sweet time. So are you a pretty patient person? Do you mind going slower? Um, hmm. I am very outcome oriented. Mm-hmm. But I think I've just adapted the scope of the work to what I can do. Okay. Um, so the paintings are small so that I can reasonably finish them. Or even when I did that very, very big painting that's hanging uh, in the mother's room at Midtown, it's made up of 12 tiny paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could execute a significant, like measurable, uh, I did a thing like after, you know, two sessions maybe. Mm-hmm. That's motivating. Okay, so you're watering this by working out your ideas about what you're making. <laughs> Are you working out your ideas as you're making or beforehand and then you make? Like, how does it work? Um, so I think I've been marinating in I'm a sorry, lot of I don't know what it means to be a painter, so I have no idea. I'm speaking very ignorantly here. Okay, don't laugh totally at me. fine. <laughs> um, so, so part of me not making a ton over the past couple of years was me deliberately attending to other things mm-hmm. um, knowing that that's th- those are all fruitful for painting as well mm-hmm. um, so uh, attending to my role as a homemaker and wife attending to studying art in theology and the time it takes to like 
to work out those ideas and, and, and growing in holiness as well, all those those three things kind of head, head, heart, hands a little bit. And yeah, and then just in this season, especially after having Luther, and just, just what an impactful thing it was to have another baby. I don't know. Like, it was just a very meaningful time. I finally wanted to make all these things. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I had visions for objects that I wanted to see exist. And the, the fact is they do emerge from the nexus of connections between all of those things. Mm-hmm. It's there in the object. And I can sit and while I'm making it or as I look at it afterwards, like try to begin to articulate what some of those connections are. Um, but so, so, so working out all of those ideas about how homemaking relates to theology, relates to painting and all those efforts are congruent. Mm-hmm. That's in the object. And then I'm also like trying to identify what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I'm going to ask a bad question that maybe you can only give a little snippet to. But don't hate me. Why do you make time for painting? Is painting anti-home, anti-home? Oh, good. What a great, it's a great <laughs> question. I love that question. Um, because originally it was, right? Like when it was all about having a career that took me outside of the home, like you mm-hmm. could say, oh, no, this is a distraction. Mm-hmm. Why are you still trying to keep up your career? Like, well, it's not. I'm not trying to keep up your career. I see it as an extension of a homemaking activity. Um, number one, because it's just like, like cooking a meal in terms of how it functions as a creative exercise and celebration of what goodness and meaning there is in God's world. So it's like a, just a worshipful act in keeping with all the other homey worshipful acts that are so mundane and tactile. But it also is for the home. So how meaningful it is for us and for other people who um, if we get my paintings to have tactile like touched loved unique and deeply poured over objects in their home and like that's part of a whole education that's a part of a whole um, soul deepening that happens um, to enrich a home Uh, so yeah you you can't have I don't think fully orbed homemaking without at least somebody making things (laughs) Um, yeah Yeah. and take us into the harvest with this Um, yeah that's just uh, reiterating the praise that's over the miracle of being taken out of a self-centered uh, and self-validating self-val- um, goal for my work and having it contextualized uh, in the church and for the church, meaning it can take as long as it needs to in in the season that I'm in and the Lord will produce the fruit, like the Lord will provide the assignments, literally, um, make this painting for these people, make this painting for this show, make this body of work and just proceed in trust at, at the right timing. And it's very joyful. Yeah. Okay. Children. Yay. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have two. I know. We have two. We love them. They're great. Two boys. And goodness gracious, and, and as much as I thought that it would be hard for me to be a mom, the last thing I wanted to be on this planet was a boy mom. Oh, like, man. Yeah. Oh, right. That's a great point. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I mentioned how much I had disdain for my brother. I think yes. that's the part of a broader disdain for boyhood and mm-hmm. by extension manhood mm-hmm. and part of um, growing into femininity is recognizing there's no such thing as femininity apart from loving masculinity like mm. if to be feminine is to be a helper 
you can't love feminine. You can't be a feminist unless you love men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the Lord knows, Lord knows, knows that. He knew I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, he knew what I needed. So he gave me two little men. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want more. We'd like to have a girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe then I can teach her some of the things that um, I didn't learn, mm-hmm. right, in that respect, <laughs> especially since she would have brothers already. Yeah. Um, but that's the future. We don't we don't know what the Lord has. But you're dreaming. But we're dreaming. We'd really, we really do want it. <laughs> and then uh, Shane especially is dreaming about, yeah, like the uh, burgeoning manhood of, of, of these two boys mm, and especially it. like the names that we gave them. And imagining how they will function as faithful, steadfast, truth-loving servants in a generation that will probably be madly antagonistic towards them. Okay, sewing. Yes. So since neither Shane or I grew up in Christian households, we have nothing that we can look back on and be like, yes, we're just going to continue that forward. So everything's new. Everything's being absorbed laterally uh, <laughs> <laughs> and implemented in faith. And so for me, especially since I'm so prone to um, not being joyful, taking things for granted, the, then the work for me is sowing richness and joy mm-hmm. um, and trying to do my work and dutiful tasks joyfully, mm-hmm. which... That's a very, very broad, that's very, very broad. That means that when I'm learning new recipes and learning how to cook, my mom wasn't, you know, terribly that much of a homemaker, um, wasn't very creative in the kitchen. So that's all, that's always new. I'm always mm-hmm. trying to learn, learn a new thing about how to feed my family with thrift and, and richness, trying to share interests uh, with my son. Thankfully, he's a really good listener to books. Um, he likes it when I read. Mm-hmm. Um, so we like to take trips to the library together. And when we find books that we like, I make a note of them and try to thrift them. So building a, a big collection out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shane, this is a messed up question. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. So you said we didn't grow up in a Christian home. So if I just took the words that you just said, it's very interesting that you called those Christian. So what what in your mind attaches those things as like Christian? Mm. Well, so I'm very much like my mom in good ways and bad. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing that she and I share in common is being highly task-oriented mm-hmm. and result-oriented. But that's not how relationships work. And we're fundamentally relational beings. Our worship of the Lord is fundamentally relational. Um, so that means that all of our tasks need to be submitted to that kind of, uh, like searching for gems constantly because, Mm -hmm. uh, everything that we're doing is a matter of the Lord's gifts and that's a relational act as well. That's a great answer. I just loved how you said that. Relational. That's what, yep. Is there anything else you want to say? (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. Oh, well, so, so since it's not natural, like delighting in my children is like, it's, sometimes it's a task like sometimes whereas I'd want to get a million things done because my my joy is getting getting things done Shane will say mm-hmm. oh, what I want you to do today is enjoy enjoy the children um so yeah so like my actual work now is trying to brainstorm ways to have you know to be enriched with them mm-hmm. whether that's walking out in the park um enjoying the sunshine reading books trying to sing songs all that kind of thing yeah it's like I'm getting to grow up as a Christian with them. Yeah, I love that. So what are some of God's promises that sort of inform your present endeavors here? Mm. That's what the whole sewing category is about, after all. Well, there's a 
there's a hope embedded in every uh, command of God as well. I mean, of course, he, he, he gives promises in the scriptures, but when we recognize that every command describes him and then also describes um, how we are being formed into his image, mm-hmm. that means that when given a command regarding uh, parenting our children or God's world generally uh, and how we are to relate to it, then that's that there's there's that fruit there. There's a gift there. Like that's something to be embraced and to expect great uh, joy in. So when we instruct our children in the teaching and admonition of the Lord, that has to reflect that whole life vision, that expecting to see God in every kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. The expectation. Um, can you take us, what color? I made this a color. Oh, it's purple. Okay. Take us to training and pruning. <laughs> Sorry. So mentioned how I was not anticipating being happy or doing well, nurturing a child. And my immediate experience was being completely um, uh, surprised in that respect by just the natural and overwhelming joy of, uh, of having uh, a child uh, mm-hmm. in me. Um, and that was my experience with the pregnancy. And then having Ransom as a baby, he was just so good and so sweet and just this, the most gregarious and smiley kid like, like like his dad and that was just so sweet and joyful i just gotta interject that's one of my favorite things about your son <laughs> and i tell you every time his laugh i mean i just want to sit and laugh with him yeah and just enjoy whatever he's enjoying i don't care what it is it's usually running yes <laughs> but so, he's just his smile is a gift right um so god was so so kind with the clarity with which he decided to teach me that lesson that Mm. no this is a blessing for Mm. you like this is what you're meant to do you are naturally a mother you are unnaturally not a mother (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) which is wild like that's what sin does it's not nature he taught me that in a very like just such a clear and beautiful way now that ransoms a toddler and um uh there's just a lot more complexity going on parenting wise that I'm being reminded of actually the depth of those struggles that I had at first with with um, why I didn't want to be around children especially little boys mm-hmm. um, in terms of their the kind of energy and also just immaturity generally like mm-hmm. I had just no patience for immaturity um, and so now that uh He's in that stage. <laughs> back brought, in school. I'm back at school. I'm back <laughs> at school. But I know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean it isn't very hard sometimes and I don't fail spectacularly sometimes. Yeah. Um, so that's just the, the everyday walking it out where some days are a very good day. It's yeah. beautiful and wonderful. And the next day or even just the next afternoon will be bad. And then Jane will come home and we'll have to walk it out and I'll have to apologize. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, but it's all... Uh, painful but it's very good so you said you were crippled at the start where do you what do you call yourself now oh i mean sometimes i'm limping i suppose yeah <laughs> well i love what you put in your notes you said you're getting beefed up oh i guess i did say that <laughs> i thought that was a fun way funny fun way of putting it uh, the, the point is uh okay the training 
section that you're in to be beefed up is to obviously be um what's the word resilient is yeah a big one <laughs> okay and um continuous and slow it's continuous mm. and slow over it's time training right it's, yeah it's the train yeah yeah literally um and you get to wake up to it every day <laughs> right yeah so i always thought that i was an even keel and d- difficult to be to ruffle emotionally but what it really meant is just that i didn't i wasn't tested that's mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. and so now my patience is tested my mm-hmm. tested my proclivity to anger uh it flares up constantly mm-hmm. um and uh yeah so what is god's leading been like in this area this training process um does it feel like God's leading you like a, just a baptism or like Pilgrim's Progress? Or is it like the sunny journey? Or is it like a dark tunnel with no end? Like, <laughs> what has this been like, this section? It's it's wildly rich and complex. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know, maybe that's the Pilgrim's Progress mm-hmm. where there's, there's mercies peppered with failures, peppered with obstacles, mm-hmm. but always the the reward is there and the the longing and the drawing towards that is Mm -hmm. is on the other side um so even by the very same token that i can feel like i've already ruined this or that with ransom by uh, you're saying you think that sometimes sometimes i do right like especially on a day where like i let myself harbor resentment towards him you know then it's like oh wow this is the this is the opposite place of where i should be Mm -hmm. and puts me in a place where i literally cannot do anything positive for him if i'm resenting him that's i guess the darkest side of it but then the hope is and the promise is that god will do not only do more (laughs) with what we give than what we can imagine but also he's forgiven me and he will redeem like he'll redeem the effort such that I can continue to hold out, hold out hope. Yeah. Yeah. So what scriptures do you help you think about this? Like, what does it mean to you that Jesus kept the standard? Does that help you? <laughs> Jesus kept the standard? Yeah. He kept the law He or he lived the perfect life is when you said you're sometimes despair. Mm. Maybe it's recognizing more of God's fatherhood to me and his parenthood of me. Is the most obvious thing um, is when your toddler erupts with impatience and then you do the same thing is that, okay, we're obviously doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. We obviously have the same problem. Um, and the hope for me parenting him is God parenting us. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the way the scriptures work both ways, right? Like, so I've been sitting in the Proverbs a ton this year. Like, that's kind of been my focus um, they're reading them very slowly because I know, like, oh, I need wisdom. I can't just plan this out. I need moment by moment, Holy Spirited uh, intervention mm-hmm. in what I would normally do. And so, yeah, like looking into God's wisdom um, and that whole book is structured as a like a father to son interaction. This is this is what uh, how parenthood takes shape. Um, so not only is that like a light for how, how I can think through what I'm doing with ransom, but it also is more importantly, like what God has done with us. So I can say, know the the pain of failing in this way and not despair because that's his loving rod of discipline. Mm. And he's going to correct and restore with that and not, not just punish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this weeding, (sighs) What do you tend towards? Does it feel like totally emotional to you or just maybe not? Do you sort of respond to God quickly and all of this or is it sort of just an emotional uh, mess? 
sometimes it's pretty emotional. Yeah. Yeah. It's emotional and it's also just my posture. And that's what gets, I guess, revealed in heated moments. If I'm, I already have to be poised to respond a certain way, mm -hmm. to respond the way that I do, which is often hot in hot moments. <laughs> yeah. And this is something that I've been convicted about lately is how easy it is to complain about him, about whatever silly thing he did today that I just couldn't deal with. And that, you know, is hand in hand with how quick I am to criticize other women, how quick I am to uh, criticize my husband. But God's called me to be a helper and a lover in all those areas. So specifically for ransom, that means like, oh, I actually need to completely change my posture from the very beginning and work to see whose God is making him to be. Like work to see the seed of masculine excellence in whatever mm. actually is providing a problem for us yeah, <laughs> at yeah, the moment. Yeah. And to, to see that, recognize it, encourage it, and nurture it mm -hmm. instead of just being frustrated. In the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so harvest with your motherhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's happening. That's a huge <laughs> harvest. That's amazing. I want yeah. more. That's all great. Like yeah. there's joy at the bottom of it and they are beautiful and delightful. Uh, and there's ne never any doubt that this is what I what I need to be doing because it's so obvious that the Lord is kind in it, uh, even when it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. And it all didn't happen overnight, did it? No. <laughs> so would your old friends recognize you? No, they don't. I don't have many of them because oh. of it. <laughs> and also... At the same, uh, similar question, but not, would you have recognized yourself? Like, would your perceptions of what you thought you wanted ever gotten you to this place? Not remotely. Yeah. I couldn't have conceived of it. Um, I would have had assumptions that would have dismissed or devalued what I thought where I am means. But more importantly, I just did not have any context to understand, like, the beauty and the richness of like a biblical functioning family inside of a larger, beautiful biblical functioning family. Mm. This is so far away from my experience that, of course, I only had flat visions of motherhood. I, I saw it only as something that either um, like made a person shallow because it was a source of idolatry mm -hmm. and or by the same token, utterly crushed people by its constriction and getting in the way of other desires. Um, so I just couldn't see how it would be good. Well, praise the Lord. Yeah. All right, Sam, would you close us out with something that you've brought from home that kind of displays maybe just a more personal side of you? Um, so it flows right out of the discussion we were having because um, I really, really felt an urgent need to write a poem for my son's first birthday. Luther's turns one next week. So I wrote this poem about him and... Um, especially reflecting on the outcome of his birth experience, which both of them had pretty rough birth experiences. So um, here's my reflection on that. More than once, I've been tempted to mourn that when you were born, I had fallen asleep. After days of trying, of groaning and crying, I tasted the promise to those who will weep, the pattern that's been laid down for the ages. Joy comes after the gloom of the cross. Absence precedes the eternal becoming, more glorious now than what has been lost. So there I was, an unconscious night when you were raised from the dark of my womb, and someone else told me how you didn't cry, but scowled sharply serious from those bright ocean eyes. 
I didn't see that, but to see you now, small glory testimony, God's grace in my house. Sweet brother, my son, it's there in your halo of blonde silky fuzz and big deep dimpled giggle round head and ruddiest cheeks always pressed to my chest. Your crooked toes, tiny body, petite, but firm and resilient. Like the name Luther, who knows what will come of it? We will wait and see. You still rarely cry, and so how can I? Thank you for listening to The Whole Home Podcast, a podcast that displays the unity of sisters in a local church and the way God so wonderfully gives us to each other in our uniqueness and in our sameness for His glory. The stories we share weave together as one grand testimony to the work of Christ and His faithful presence in the garden of our lives. Remember, the Master Gardener is always at work, so let's yield to Him and grow where we're planted.